what pops up a beer or a cold libation Let me tell you how I wrote this little theme I went and took a call from brother Jason And he tells me that he has a little dream He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast And I ask him what you got He said I'll start off with some talking And some moody clips of popcorn fighting Fantasy explorations and some groundness exploitation Kickstarts that I'm watching and some blind unboxing Full month horror movie marathon Sometimes I'll let the dogs come on Contest and of course you know it's all about games I said slow down let's just start with the name It's the Nerds RPG Variety Podcast With the other Jason Hey everybody, I thought it was time to put the variety back in the variety cast So I've got a couple different segments for you here today If you enjoyed Ray Otis' last episode, I do have some call-ins from Ray And of course you can always go to Plenty Grounds and listen to Ray's own podcast. So Ray called in and discussed the cyberpunk contest from January. He gave some suggestions on some cyberpunk properties that didn't get mentioned. And then we have a quick unboxing. We have, I discussed some games that I want to run. It's kind of a call for players. And then I do a movie review of Neon Demon. So I also want to point out we're using all TJ Drennan music here the intro the outro the you know the listener mail song the spoiler alert not maddie barking but everything else is pretty much tj so well and not the unboxing thing because you know that's my sound clip from you know one of my favorite exploitation movies but that's neither here nor there what is here is it's time for some voicemails Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Well, maybe it's your auntie or a joke by your spouse, but the operator's screaming is coming from inside the house. Hey, Jason, cool episode about cyberpunk. There were some things that weren't mentioned that I was surprised by, so I wanted to kind of fill in some gaps in case people haven't heard of these. Um, Certainly everybody knows the movie Minority Report, and that's an extremely cool cyberpunk story by Philip K. Dick, who also wrote the precursor to Blade Runner, which was called um, uh, uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? And he also wrote a great book called, or a great short story called The Second Variety, which was made into the movie Screamers, uh, which was really awesome. Uh, and I don't know, he's, he's made a number of uh, stories that have been turned into movies. Oh, Total Recall was based on a Philip K. Dick story, too. So Philip K. Dick, for me, is the quintessential science fiction, or um, uh, cyberpunk science fiction writer. Uh, I also love the book Altered Carbon, which came out in 2002 by Richard K. Morgan. I think that one really captures cyberpunk but uh, in kind of a cleaned up modern way, if you will. And I also liked the book Noir, uh, N-O-I-R, by K.W. Sorry, K.W. Jeter. Um, Not the best book, not the best writer, maybe, but he just crams that book full of ideas. Two of them that I'll mention, the main character is an ASCAP, which is a uh, bastardization of ASCAP, which has to do with um, copyright protection of music and stuff. And so he basically goes after music pirates (laughs) in in the future. And uh, and he he pulls out their spinal cord and turns them into uh, high-end, high-fidelity cables. Uh, He... Uh, also mentions in that book, the author mentions in that book, communicable tattoos. So 
there are these uh, like when you sleep with somebody your tattoo can transfer from you to them um which is a cool invention so just lots of neat stuff there um i forgot to mention that altered carbon by richard morgan is actually a tv series now i think on netflix and um also you know man in the high castle by by uh, philip k dick another philip k dick story that's turned into a, a series pretty cool book and um musically i would add the um tetsuo Sorry, man, I'm so worried. I keep getting cut off. <laughs> the soundtrack to Tetsuo, The Iron Giant. It's amazing. And I'll quit before I get cut off a third time. Thanks for the episode. Really cool. Poor Ray. Ray Otis is a great guy. He's much more learned and definitely much smarter than I am. But even he was flustered by Anchor's 60-second message limit. So I will provide a warning that I'm sure he would want me to do. Don't go looking for Tetsuo the Iron Giant. And don't when you find Tetsuo, know that it has nothing to do with the Iron Giant. Don't show it to your kids and don't watch it at work. You have been warned. But if you want to ignore my warning, the correct title of the film is Tetsuo the Iron Man. And it is an amazing film although many of you may find it slightly disturbing. And watch this, some last-minute call-ins from Andy of Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks. Let's hear what he has to say. Jason, man, uh, can we have an entire episode of Just Your Dogs Barking? I really, really want to hear that. Hey, Jason, Andy from Grizzly Peaks here. I just finished listening to your Space 1999 episode, and i got to say I loved it, and it brought back, well, I was going to say brought back memories, but to be honest, I think I was only about six when, when I watched, when we watched it, but we loved it. Um, I don't remember much at all. I remember about that. I think she was a shapeshifter and I remember Barbara Bain and I remember um, Koenig, uh, what was his name? The actor, good actor that played him remember and of course the eagles we all had eagle toys as kids they were just absolutely the best thing ever and i i don't and i know that i didn't really pick up on that whole weird kind of hippie vibe at all i didn't know what hippie vibe was at the age of six or seven but um that show shaped our childhoods in 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 big big ways that and of course logan's run very similar um kind of stylistic approach to sci-fi and of course jenny agata with her top off <laughs> um which yeah you know as a seven eight nine year old boy that's like um that's like you've seen seen the face of god <laughs> and, uh, um yeah so what we need now is we need to do the same or someone needs to do the same I don't know about if it's me and you or someone else. And you see the same with Thunderbirds, my, my friend. Thunderbirds. That that will get all the nostalgia, um, all the nostalgia nerve endings tingling very nicely. See you, mate. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate those thoughts. I don't think everybody is quite up for a f- all-dog episode. So what I did, everyone, is I sent Andy an uh, anchor message, which only lasts 60 seconds. I sent an anchor message of... A minute of my dogs barking at each other and i think he enjoyed it but if anybody else wants a spe- has a special episode request let me know and i'll see what i can do to accommodate i had a lot of fun doing the space 1999 episode with ray otis 
Um, I so and I don't know that we're going to watch the second season now. Your memories of the shapeshifter and all come from that second season. Um, I started watching the first episode and they changed the you know the show so much that it just wasn't. It was fun watching Brian Blessed on there, but because he's on that first episode of the second season. But to be honest, I, I'm probably not going to watch that second series. I have not seen Thunderbirds. Um, I, I know that sounds horrible, but it's the truth. I, I'd i be willing to watch it and, and then do a recap with somebody, and that might be a good way to do it, an old fan and a newcomer. The only other Jerry Anderson show I've really seen any of is UFO, which is a predecessor uh, to Space 1999. And I've seen maybe eight episodes so far of UFO, and I am really enjoying it. Those kind of a weird vibe, so it might be one worth talking about as well. Let me know if... You've seen UFO there, Andy. What's in the basket? Easter eggs? I promised a quick unboxing, and we're going to do that. I'm actually going to open two packages today. I have in front of me a little package. And when I say little, it is Maddie's in the room with me, so you have to ignore him. Um, it's seven and a quarter by five inches by... No, oh, wow, it's thicker than I thought. Maybe an inch and a half at its widest. It's from Fun Again Logistics, so we know it's some kind of weird game thing or something or another. Um, so let's see what's in here. Um, actually, I don't know if I'm going to use my knife, because it feel, the way it feels, I don't want to cut anything in here. And, you know, it's just an envelope. So, Maddie, you don't want that. Get back, buddy. Um, it's been a long day. Oh, it's a deck of cards of some sort. Let's pull this out. Ooh, Tiny Epic Galaxies. I'm sorry, Ultra Tiny Epic Galaxies, which includes the Satellites and Super Weapons expansion by Gamelin Games. Um, so, Gamelin Games makes a series of games called the Ep Epic Games. There's Tiny Epic Galaxies, there's Fantasy, there's Old Western, there's horror variants of this. Um, Tiny Epic Galaxies, this is the smaller version of that. Tiny, Tiny Epic Galaxies is one of their better ones. Um, Yes, that's pretty cool. I think I've talked about Tiny Epic Games before. But this is just like a real pocket version. You can just stick in your pocket and carry with you. And so you could take with you anywhere to play. Which is really cool. It's a little game. You can play as, you know, two people. Um, I don't know how many people this supports. Th this version. This version supports five players. Wow. In this little deck of card size thing. So one to five players. 30 to 45 minutes. So, yeah, I like... Tiny Epic Galaxies, so I'm glad I got that. That's something I can just put in my pocket and take with me places. The other envelope I have here is from Amazon. I think I know what it is, but I'm not positive. So this one's 15 inches by 11 inches by... Oh, it's about an inch and a half, too. So again, I'm going to be careful opening it because the last time, I don't remember if it was Amazon or not, one of these companies had a bunch of filler junk in there that really was kind of nasty. I don't want my dogs to get. Yes, this is what I thought. Awesome. I'm so happy this arrived. The one PG compendium. The original movie genre beer and pretzels role-playing games. All together now. So this is from Deep 7 Press. And recently I talked about Dashio, Samurai Ventures, which is a, a real light beer and pretzels game we used. This book contains um, a whole bunch of their games plus their companion all in one big book and it was only like, it was like 30 bucks I think it's 20 quid in the UK 
1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So it's got 15 or 16 different games in here. Um, it's a big printed book, obviously, so it's easy to read. Um, it's pretty cool. I don't see, does it have, what's it have for character sheets? Don't tell me it doesn't have character sheets in here. Ooh, that's it. I don't see character sheets. Oh, yeah, there are. It does have character sheets in here. It's got one in the front here. Okay, cool. So, very cool. I look forward to this. In fact, we're talking about a game. Oh, it's got them for each game. I, I just pa went past them. Basically, they took all the PDFs and put them together in one book, printed book, which is fine. Um, so, very cool. Very cool. I will definitely put this to good use for pickup games in the audio dungeon when people are like, is there a game tonight? And I'll say, sure, I'll play, I'll run this. Because this is perfect for that kind of thing. And I've got every genre I could want right here. So, very, very cool unboxing. Games that I want to run. So, I would like to run a Vietnam or 80s drug war game. And... You know, and this would have some supernatural elements in it. Um, but I'd like to do like a mini campaign, four sessions, maybe six, but probably four sessions, which would kind of be like Apocalypse Now. You know, the some U.S. force special forces go rogue, and the characters, the PCs, are sent off to figure out what's going on. And you know, there's supernatural elements here. And I'd like, but the players are all just straight GI. You know, they're straight GIs. They're they're not supernatural themselves. So there are regular Joes that are coming across things that, you know, aren't normal. So I'd like to run that. And probably I'd actually like to run it with a recon system that Palladium did, which isn't the same as the other Palladium games. Recon is a simpler system. I'd actually like to run it with recon. But I would run it with OSC if, you know, if I had to, a combination of OSC and Operation White Box. Or I could run it with the Black Hack, or I could run it with, you know, ICRPG. I'd, ICRPG would be a great system to run, run this with, actually. Mm. Hank Inferno ran, ran some some Vietnam kind of games, some games like that with ICRPG, and I know it works great for it. So, you know, there are a number of systems, but the key is i got to get players. I need at least two players that would commit to the campaign, which would probably go every other week for four, you know, for two months. And if I get at least two players... You know, if not more, two to six players, you know, I'd run it. But So if you're interested in doing that, let me know. I'm also willing to do an urban fantasy game, which would basically be the day after Ragnarok. So you, would have, you wouldn't necessarily have elves and dwarves, but you'd have PC magic users. And, you know, I would do like Dave Aldrich did of the Deep Percentile podcast. He ran a Steel Dawn game at a con using OSE, and he just reskinned things, so clerics are psychics in that game. Mages, I think, were tech technomancers, that kind of thing. Um, and I would do kind of like that, but I'd use Ken Kenneth Height's Stay After Ragnarok setting, which is a World War II set, or post-World War II setting. The Nazis managed to bring up the Midgard Serpent and bring on Ragnarok. The U.S. nuked the Serpent, and when the serp Serpent Fall happens, when the Serpent falls and crushes Europe under its body then the fallout pretty much takes out the U.S. and it takes out Europe. And then, you know, the Soviets kind of come out un unharmed and they're kind of like the one of the bad guys in the setting the Soviet Union is. And Australia is like your last un untainted land. And hey, it's interesting. Although, you know, South America probably should be kind of part South America. Anyway, it's an interesting setting. 
um, I, I wouldn't mind running in. So if people want to do an urban fantasy game, I'd be happy to run it like in that kind of setting. And the other thing I'm more than willing to run, of course, ICRPG Altered State, the cyberpunk game. Oh. I'm happy to run Barbarians Lemoria. And I've also got that one-page game compendium now from Deep 7 Press, so we can do one-shots of all kinds of things. I actually have a cool idea for a cop game, like a 70s buddy cop game that w- might touch on supernatural things, might not. Um, and it wouldn't have to be two guys. It wouldn't have to be just two people. I could run more than two players in it. But um, but kind of to feel back to that, like, you know, although buddy cop movies are more like 80s, uh, 90s, but, you know, but I would set it in the 70s to get rid of cell phones and all that. But anyway, if you're interested in playing any of that kind of thing, let me know. Quick movie review time. So, I just watched Neon Demon on Amazon, and this was an Amazon original movie, and it's been out for a few years now. So, I I guess, I don't know if I want to give spoilers or not. I guess I'll do a spoiler section. Anyhow, Neon Demon is a very interesting movie. It's got some big-name actors in there, which have pretty small parts. Um, But all the acting is pretty darn good, especially considering this is about modeling. So when we look at its modeling, and you look at some of these... the actresses and stuff in there playing the models and playing these people, you know, the way they're acting, you might say, well, that's not very good, but I think... They are acting like a model would, maybe. I don't know. I don't know anything about models, right? I mean, I've seen, um, what was it, Gia with Angelina Jolie and, you know, a couple other modeling movies, but I, I really don't know squat about modeling. But I I think ever, all the actors in this movie did a great job. Um, there is, I'm trying to think, it, it is a, a horror movie ultimately, so you need to be ready for that. But what I really wanted to... And, and it's got kind of a semi-twist ending. Um, I don't know that it's not too... I, I think to some degree it's obvious. But and, and I guess that's what I want to talk about is the obviousness of it. Because this movie could have been a David Lynch movie. And that's kind of what I want to talk about. And I'm very interested to hear Caller's thoughts on this. Especially Spencer's thoughts on this. Spencer, you all know, does... Keep off the Borderland podcast. Um, so, the elements in this movie, which I'll talk about during the spoiler section, all could have very definitely <coughs> appeared in a David Lynch movie. Mulholland Drive, or, you know, a different one, it doesn't really matter. Um, but I only mentioned Mulholland Drive because, you know, they share some of the same turf, right? But, I don't know, it's kind of weird. So, it's too on the news... And it's filmed too conventionally. And, yeah, it's, it's too on the nose and it's filmed too conventionally to be a David Lynch movie. But it could have been a David Lynch movie. And it's almost like you took a David Lynch movie. And it's like you took a David Lynch movie and had to make a conventional movie. And this is what you would get. Um, it's got, like I say, some really good performances in there. Um and, and I, it's kind of slow. I, I'll warn you, it is kind of slow. It, it is engaging. I mean, I, I stayed, definitely stayed interested in the whole movie. I wasn't bored, but it's not like a lot of action. So you, you do have to be aware of that. 
And, and it does have a couple things in there that it never explains. So there is some ambiguity in there, definitely. Um, but yeah, so I, I would recommend, if you like horror movies, with all the caveats that has in there, especially modern horror movies, um, I would recommend it. And I think I want to talk about spoilers just for a little bit here. So I'm going to do, go do a spoiler section now. If you want to end here, this is the last part of the show. Um, I do recommend you hop over this. And if you're, if you're not going to listen to it anymore, then I would recommend you listen to TJ Drennan's outro music because it's great. But if not, I'll catch you next episode. And so let's go into the spoilers. This is a spoiler alert. I repeat, this is a spoiler alert. Okay, spoiler time. So, Keanu Reeves is great in the movie. I love his character. It's weird. Crate and and you could definitely see that Keanu Reeves, that Keanu Reeves, hotel manager in a David Lynch movie, right? You could definitely see that. And the same thing with the whole idea, you know, the the photographer. I forget what his name is, but like the main, like the real famous photographer dude. I could see him in, in a Lynch movie, and and in the whole, you know, eating the, you know, eating other models to regain your youth kind of thing. That's a little on the nose for a David Lynch movie, but it, I could see that in his world. You know, so the, you know, the cougar or the mountain lion in the, in the room that never really gets explained, although you see a, a statue of a, you know, of a big cat in, um, Ruby, I think that's Redhead's name, in the makeup artist in Ruby's, you know, where, where the place she's staying. So I, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think it's something I would revisit a lot. Um, but I really like some of the performances in there. And I really think it, it just touched me that this was like David Lynch light, like without his directoral flourishes, which of course are a huge part of Lynch movies, and may, like say a little bit too on the nose, but it was kind of interesting. I I don't know, you know. Now that I think about it, as much as I like the performances, it's I definitely wouldn't. I don't think I'd spend the time to revisit it, and I think it's kind of a lost opportunity, but. It's interesting because this is one of the, I think one of the earlier Amazon movies, and then later on they went to do things, you know, like the Suspiria remake, which I think is interesting. I, I almost wish they hadn't called that Suspiria, to be honest, and you really can't compare it to the original movie. Unfortunately, the movie, the new Suspiria, t- has some things in there where if you haven't seen the original movie, it really, you know, it kind of leaves you a little bit lost. But this isn't about Suspiria. And I'm going to end my podcast now. So I'm going to play my outro. And I thank you for listening to my my um, meanderings, my, you know, my twaddling on. And, yeah, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. So I'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach me, you can leave me a voice message using the Anchor app or go to the Anchor website. I'll play it on the air and make you famous. You can also reach me in the Audio Dungeon Discord. I want to thank Ray Otis, who did the thumbnail art for this podcast, and TJ Drennan, who did all the music for this podcast. You can find both of them on Patreon. Who's on the floor?
Don't look away 